We'll be looking into Leviticus 19 tonight if you want to open up your copy of the scriptures. Let me pray for us before we begin. Lord God, we ask that you would take your plow to the soil of our hearts tonight. Lord God, that you would open up our ears to hear your word. God, and that we would be changed by it, Father. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Have you ever heard the term mission creep? Mission creep is often used to describe military operations that have expanded beyond their original goals. Often, this happens after initial successes, but it commonly results in the failure of the mission. Theologian Michael Horton applies this term to the church when it gets distracted from its primary mission of making disciples. We are indeed prone to wander. We forget how we are to treat those we seek to make into disciples. We stray from the reason we have the mission in the first place. In our passage tonight, we'll get a reminder of how we, as Christians, are to behave as we go about our mission, to reflect the nature of God and to make disciples. We're going to focus on verse 18, which comes in the middle of a section set up by verses 1 and 2 of Leviticus 19 where we read, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Verses 3 through 8 of that chapter focus on how we are to image God in our worship. Verses 9 through 18, which was read in the service this morning, deal with how we are to image God and how we treat our neighbor. For context, I'm going to read that passage again, starting in verse 9. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. And you shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. You shall not swear by my name falsely, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages of a hired worker shall not remain with you all night until morning. You shall not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people. You shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. In verse 18, the last verse that I just read, you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. We're going to see four things. A don't, a do, a why, and a how. First, the don't. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people. This don't 
comes at the end of a long string of you shall nots that instruct us on how we are to image God by caring for the poor, along with refraining from things like theft and lies, oppression, mistreatment of the handicapped, legal injustice, partiality, slander, harm, hatred, and in our verse, vengeance and bearing grudges. Rather than singling those two out, I just want to think on the whole of the prohibitions in the passage that we read. That list of don'ts in verses 9 through 18 served to remind us that if our mission is to image God and make disciples, we cannot treat our neighbors in these ways. To go against these prohibitions is to poorly reflect the image of our creator and to give the very people we seek to minister Two, reason to doubt what we say about him. The flip side of the don't is the do. Love your neighbor as yourself. We keep from breaking those don'ts by loving our neighbor. As Paul puts it in Romans 13, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling of the law. We love our neighbor by being generous with what God has gifted us by being impartial, by being fair with them, by being honest, and by leaving vengeance to God. The Lord is the one that is abundantly generous and perfectly just in all his ways. When we love our neighbor by reflecting his character, we are shouting, this is what God is like. We may disagree with others on important issues, but we should take care to maintain everyone's dignity as image bearers of God as flawed as we all are. Doing so keeps the name of God from being trivialized and devalued. Does our online presence honor the name of God? How about our interactions with unbelieving family members that really know how to press our buttons? Do the ways we express our political or social opinions reflect the character of God? Christian, Seek to mirror how God treats his creation in love, in patience, and care, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance, 2 Peter 3.9. This brings us to our final points, a why and a how. If you're paying attention, you'll notice there's only one phrase left, I am the Lord. And it's this singular phrase that really gives us both the why and the how. By why, I mean the motive, the grounds, or cause, or purpose for doing something. Those exact words, I am the Lord, appears 183 times in the ESV, and it's often tied to the character of God in his power, command, judgment. Things like Exodus 12, 12, where where we read, For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. Or Isaiah 45, 5-7, I am the Lord, and there is no other besides me. There is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. 
I am the Lord who does all these things. The phrase, I am the Lord, appears seven times in the first 18 verses of Leviticus 19. And it really builds off of verse two, where we're commanded to be holy because the Lord our God is holy. Why should we be holy and honor our parents? I am the Lord. Why should we keep the Sabbath? I am the Lord. Why refrain from worshiping idols? I am the Lord. Why be generous? I am the Lord. Why speak truthfully? I am the Lord. Why treat the handicapped well? I am the Lord. Why be impartial and fair? I am the Lord. Why leave vengeance to God? I am the Lord. Why should we love our neighbor? The holiness and power of our God demands it of us. Well, that's an anxiety-producing thought. The weight of that expectation is more than we can bear. It's so easy to feel hopeless because we know we can't live up to the holiness that God demands. So how can we image God well and keep on mission when we know that we're not holy as God is holy? The answer, I am the Lord. The phrase that commands us also equips us. Like a father encouraging his child to jump into the pool because he'll catch him or her, we hear him say, I'm the Lord. I've got you. Here, like Israel, the empowering words of God from Exodus 6.6. Say, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, with great acts of judgment. Do you hear it? I've got you. Be encouraged by God's promise in Isaiah 42, 6 through 9. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will keep you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison who sit in the darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and the new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Do you hear it? I've got you. We hear echoes of these I am the Lord statements when we hear the words of Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Do you hear it? I've got you. Believer, do you want to image God well? Believe the words of Jesus. Believe what God says in his word. Act accordingly. Christ has died on the cross 
and has borne the wrath that we deserve to see his people safe and secure in his love. So as we go out and love other people, we have the same aim, to see them safe and secure in the love of God. Christian, you can love your neighbor well because God himself has given you life. In closing, hear these words from Ezekiel 37. Let them motivate you in your mission. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. You shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves, and raise you from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you. You shall live. I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, who sanctifies Israel, when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word, and we ask that you would make us people of the gospel that act according to the second great commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.